For several years I lived in Nottingham as a student, and amidst a maelstrom of magnificent dancing and bottles of luminous alcopops, which of course I drank responsibly, I acquired the sense that if Nottingham Forest fans want anything, it's to hammer Leicester and Derby. This weekend, Forest and Leicester clash in what could be an FA Cup classic. I'm Kevin Hatchard, and this is Football Only Better. can't quite imagine betting expert Mark O'Hare dancing to the thong song with a bottle of VK in his hands, but I might be wrong. Mark, were your student days full of careful study and discipline? <laughs> uh, far from it. You'd be surprised, <laughs> Kev. Um, a bit of a tear away in my younger days. So, uh, yeah, it was all about the going out and much less about the studying. So, yeah, I would have probably have joined you on those dance floors. And, um, yeah, definitely. Wonderful. Thong song all the way. It is never too late. That's the uh, Betfair summer outing sorted. Um, Let's look at this game then between uh, Nottingham Forest and Leicester. Trying to get that image out of my head of you dancing away to the thong song. Tremendous (laughs) stuff. Um, Leicester, the 2.04 favourites here. But we've talked all season long about the fact that Leicester, for want of a more analytical term, are just rubbish defensively. They've conceded so many goals and you just think, well, to back them away at the, in the game like this at 2.04, it seems a little short, doesn't it? Is this to me? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, oh, Kev, you're asking me about the FA Cup and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my cards on the table, right? And just tell you that I, I don't have a bet on the FA Cup for, for a couple of reasons. Firstly, I think you do need a bet. Don't leave the show. Again. Keep listening. We have other people <laughs> who want to bet on the Cup. The football season's <laughs> relentless. So I, I normally take the FA Cup as an opportunity to sort of have a bit of a rest and, and kind of focus on other stuff. So that's one thing. And Jason touched on it on the Saturday show as well. It's it's impossible to, to second guess the team news, which I find is just a minefield. So you put all this effort in prep into into matches and then you know two o'clock when the team news comes out it's completely different to what you expected so uh, I sort of devote that time elsewhere but um yeah going into this game I mean it's a big match it would be quite interesting from a from a neutral perspective to have a watch on and see what happens absolutely keen to get involved in cards in this match considering the rivalry between the two but on Leicester I've been keen to oppose them all season not just down to that defense but also down to just confusing performances in the final third as well. They've got such a, a gluttony of attacking players who are capable of possibly playing in a, a top six teams, but um, they don't often sort of put it together consistently. They are able to score goals, but whether it's down to sort of patterns of play or or just basically being better than the opposition, I'm not really too sure. But defensively, they have been in absolute shambles. They've been hamstrung by so many injuries as well, it must be said, and African Cup of Nations and COVID-related issues too. So their squad is going to start looking a lot stronger. And in fairness to Leicester, the team that they put out uh, before uh, the international break was was a lot stronger than you'd imagine considering the, the stream of players unavailable. So, yeah, they'll go there motivated to get a result at City Ground and I think they're more than capable of doing so. But would I back them at those prices? Absolutely not a chance, really. And, you know, I've been keen to sort of oppose them Premier League-wise week on week at the moment. Well, I still think they're overrated, but I do think they will start coming into their into their own, really, uh, as we've reached uh, springtime, considering all those players who are returning from injuries and illness too. So, yeah, not for me this weekend. 
I love that. It's the most Marco hair thing ever. He says, oh, I'm not interested in the FA Cup. I haven't really looked at it. I'm looking at everything else. And then comes up with three minutes of wonderful analysis. That is the man. Uh, keen student of psychology, history and mathematics. The professor is back with us. Betfair trader Jason Murphy in the building. Jason, what's your take on this East Midlands derby? And you can go into your student history if you wish as well. Oh, yeah, well, Jesus, yeah, I had a great time as a student. Uh, my <laughs> sister is actually second year in college now, and obviously with lockdown, she didn't get a right go at it in first year last year. But um, there's a few late night voicemails, songs being roared down the phone, being sent on the family WhatsApp. And, I uh, can imagine. Pure jealousy is all it is. Like, that's all. That <laughs> doesn't even describe how jealous. Love to go back and do it all again. But um, look, pricing up FA Cup is not too bad. Like, Mark, he can chill out. He can rest. He can listen to a bit of Cisco this weekend if he wants. But us <laughs> traders, we have to have a look at it. And yeah, his analysis is actually bang on there. So it is. Um, the, the notes that I had, first and foremost, was like what happened in the last round. Arsenal, about four to seven that went off away to Forest and... Made a couple of changes, not massively. So four to seven is probably a benchmark. Now, if you look at the stats in that game, Arsenal had ten shots, um, six shots were blocked, four shots off target, no shots on target. So is that an element of bad finishing by Arsenal? But maybe a really good defensive performance by Forrest, something to hold on to in the game. Um, you know. So in terms of then Leicester, you can kind of judge the gap from Leicester to Arsenal and say what price Leicester should be if they're full strength. You're maybe talking about eight to eleven. Maybe you're thinking if Arsenal were the four to seven, if that price was true. But as as Mark alluded to, the, the injuries that Leicester have is it's it's very unfortunate. Like similar to Benitez at Everton, I think Leicester's overall performances this season have been hampered by the injuries. Uh, they had a nice run of luck when Rodgers had them flying in the league in previous season, but not so much this year. So defensively, they have been really poor and. For me, I actually put it down to Johnny Evans. I think he's the kind of experienced centre-back that would hold that defence together and communicate who's ever beside him. Like, Sayonchu has looked good alongside Evans, but when he hasn't, you know, particularly at the Euros for Turkey and this season as well, he we haven't seen the best of Sayonchu. So, there is concerns there. What is the Leicester eleven going to be? And, again, we're banging the same drum. It's all team news dependent. Now, if you look at Leicester's last two Premier League games, um, the game against Spurs and the game against Brighton, the 11s to put out, and as Mark said, they were actually stronger than what you might have think. It's, it's a credit to the squad to have with everyone that's missing. If those 11s are put on the pitch, then that Leicester price that's hovering around even money or slightly bigger, I think is a fair price. So the advice to punters is, if it's a fair price, there's probably hard to find value in it. No matter how you dig into it, you're not going to find enough of an edge either way. So for this, I'm actually prepared to leave it be and just give that advice to punters. Have a look at the Leicester team news. If you're a Forest fan, then absolutely lump on Forest responsibly because obviously you want them to beat Leicester. And if you're Mark, just enjoy Cisco's greatest hits this weekend. Which is the thong song and pretty much it, but there we go. <laughs> uh, finally, a man who looks as though he could still be at uni, the annoyingly youthful Jake Oscarthorpe from In For Goal. Jake, you strike me as a, a potential Alcapot man. Uh, what do you think <laughs> of this uh, clash between Forrest and Leicester? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be very entertaining. Um, so everyone who is taking a watching brief will enjoy a good game of football. Um, I think that everything that Mark and, and Jason have said already... Question marks about selection, yes, but I think whatever team Leicester play, defensively, they're going to look vulnerable at some stage of this game. And like you said, Kev, analytically speaking, they've been rubbish defensively this season. And that, that's, you know, not even being nice about it. That's probably been a little bit too kind to them because they've been 
performing at a defensive level that we'd expect to see from a, a relegation threatened team um, allowing over two expected goals against per game which is just staggering really from the levels that they've shown us over the last few years the caveat to that being obviously that going forward they have still been creating chances um, just not at the same rate as what we have seen so around a 1.5 expected goals for per game is what they've been putting up so in total this season they've their matches have been seen around three and a half expected goals per game, which is just an unbelievable number. Um, and it ties in nicely with the fact that the games in general have been seeing a staggering number of goals per game. So um, they've been absolutely goal mad. Nottingham Forest, we've seen an uptick uh, in their sort of attacking uh, efficiency in the way in which they've been creating the chances. That's been on the up under Steve Cooper. But while they have been keeping a few clean sheets in the championship, they have still been conceding chances defensively and, and their XG process since Steve Cooper took charge reads 1.6 expected goals for and 1.25 against. So chances at both ends, absolutely the case for Forrest and obviously for Leicester, uh, which means over 2.5 goals is the obvious candidate in this game. And um, I agree with what Jason's saying in terms of the 1x2 market and you know, potentially swerving the pair of Forrest and Leicester um, in, in that market, in the outright market. Just looking at goals is the way forward, I think. I think it's going to be a very goal-laden, goal-heavy game. Um, as I've said, I think this was my bet for the, the podcast treble on Saturday. Leicester's last eight matches have seen an average of 4.25 goals per game, which is just an incredible number. Um, and I think that Leicester know only one way of playing, and that is playing on the front foot. Uh, and it does leave themselves exposed. And Forrest have got the attacking quality to expose them. I think Brennan Johnson's probably one to keep an eye on in this game. He's been really, really good this season. Doing a lot of eye-catching from Premier League clubs. I think Brentford had a few bids to, uh, rejected for him. Definitely one to watch if he plays. Um, just, just from a, a neutral perspective, just keep an eye on him. Because he looks like a really exciting talent. Um, and it could easily cause Leicester a few problems. But for me, yeah, um, I'll be watching this game expecting an exciting encounter with plenty of goals. And I think that, that will, that's what we'll get. Sounds good to me. Now, we know it's frustrating when you get frozen out of a bet. So, Betfair is now offering no cash-out suspensions on match odds, over-under and goal markets on the sportsbook, even during VAR reviews or when there's a penalty. Let's take a look around Europe. Fascinating clash between Borussia Dortmund and Bayer Leverkusen. And Mark, two things usually happen when these teams meet. The first is there are lots of goals. The second is Dortmund generally win. I think Borussia have won six of the last eight clashes, although Leverkusen have managed a couple recently at the Bayer Arena. Yeah, I mean, this, this screams goals, doesn't it? Um, it could be pretty wild, actually. And that's the kind of angle I want to take. I don't want to sort of side with either team. And I think most importantly to start with, uh, both teams are basically at full complement in terms of key figures in forward areas are both fit and available. Obviously, we're talking about Erling Haaland and Patrick Schick for Leverkusen. Uh, both teams are actually averaging close to or above 2.5 goals per game in the Bundesliga. That's goals scored, which is a massive figure. Uh, and both teams combined have managed just six clean sheets in 40 Bundesliga games, which is you know, quite telling considering they're standing in the league. So, yeah, both Dortmund and Leverkusen have notched in 38 of those 40. And they both actually scored twice or more in 29 of those 40 fixtures as well, which is some going, really. Um, so, yeah, if you dig into the goals markets, you are not going to make hay whatsoever backing both both teams to score or over two and a half goals as singles. Even if you combine the two, it's pretty much unbackable at the price. And personally, I'm never really a fan of supporting over three and a half goals at odds on quotes. It's not really for me, um, so I like to look elsewhere. So it's something, a market we've talked about a couple of times so far this season, more so with our Atlanta heads on. 
but it's in Betfair's kind of both teams to score specials. And it's backing both teams to score two goals or more. So effectively backing the two twos, three twos, three threes, four twos, four three, whatever. Um, and I mean, this game really could be anything. Uh, both teams to score two goals or more is a two to one shot, which really does appeal, particularly when you look even further into the deal, into the detail. Uh, Dortmund's games are averaging 4.15 goals in the Bundesliga. Leverkusen's 4.05. This exact bet has paid out in seven of Dortmund's 11 against the top half. Um, and it's also paid out in five of Leverkusen's nine against the top half. So already when the D2 teams play the better teams in the league, we were returning at a better than 50% hit rate. I know it's small samples, but encouraging enough. The reverse game ended 4-3 and four of the last seven meetings between the two have featured both teams scoring at least two goals. So you're basically getting two to one uh, compared to Odon's odd shot for over three and a half goals where everything is telling us this game is going to feature around four goals. The goal expectancy of this match, I think, is in around for about 3.65, which is probably fair enough, but we really wouldn't be too surprised if this game just goes a little bit bonkers. Uh, another 4-3 plays out. So, yeah, two-to-one shot for me. Jason, just a quick one for you about Bayern, really, because this season in the Bundesliga, Bayern have been a cut above. I know the the gap in the title race is not as big as maybe it's been uh, in previous seasons, you know, Guardiola was winning the, the Bundesliga in March and things like that. But it does seem that right now there's a huge gap between Leverkusen, Dortmund and, and the rest and Bayern. It, it's a massive gap at the moment. Does that play into your thinking when you're thinking about the Champions League? It is a factor. Um I did a bit of work last season on it. It was more so to do with um, talking about Atletico Madrid and the fact they were in the Copa del Rey, they were going for a league title and the Champions League. And I think they played Chelsea. Was it beneficial to them to go out to Chelsea um, or to beat Chelsea and try and go for the European Cup? And I'd have to dig out the figures, but essentially getting to the final of the Champions League, I think it equated to costing Atletico Madrid a point or two uh, given the approach, given that the game's either side of a Champions League quarter-final, the game either side of a Champions League semi-final, you would either have to prioritise the Champions League, which I assume that they would have. Therefore, someone picks up a knock, someone's not 100% for the game that weekend, tough game away to Granada, or whether it's at home to Real Madrid. So long cup runs can affect league performance, or prioritising the league can affect how you perform in the Cups. So to answer your question, Bayern Munich... The sooner to wrap up the league, given the squad and the strength and the gap anyways and standard, it's not going to impact. Like They're going to prioritise the Champions League and they're going to pick their best 11 in the Champions League games. If it's a choice between Lewandowski playing quarter-final, second leg, where the first leg, the only one by a goal, or playing away to Ausberg or Leipzig or Dortmund, whoever that weekend, he's playing the Champions League. So it doesn't impact the Bayern Munich price in this scenario because we already fully expect Bayern Munich to win the Bundesliga and therefore be able to fully concentrate on the Champions League. So if I was pricing up Bayern Munich for the Champions League, it would be in that context. Uh, whereas last season, Atletico Madrid, they got knocked out by Chelsea and end up going on to win the Liga. So maybe it worked out best for them. But you can look to quantify those kind of things and that's part of a trader. And like particularly around FA Cup, Spanish Cup del Rey, those cup competitions, I'd agree with what Mark said earlier, as in in terms of the match betting, individual matches, I'm always cautious, team news, it's a lot of effort to get it right. And even as we discussed in Saturday's pod, the manager can, you know, West Brom against Brighton can pick a completely different lineup. But I do think in the outrights for the cups, there's opportunities there, particularly with each way, that if you can identify 
Real Madrid are in the Spanish Cup del Rey, they're on the hard side of the draw, they're going for La Liga title, Sevilla are pushing them, they have Champions League coming up, we always know what the Holy Grail is for Real Madrid in terms of priority, so therefore the outsiders in the Copa del Rey were probably worth a look on the other side of the draw because it is very lopsided, um, so this is Sunday pod, obviously we'll know the results from Thursday games, but those angles there is opportunities to find but obviously Bayern are out of German Cup so you can't use that for, for in the German context but yeah that's kind of I won't say a nutshell because I've rambled a bit there but that's kind of how you would think about approaching uh, the context of, of those kind of things No but that's why I ask because it's always really interesting all of the little things you're thinking of as a trader in pricing things up and kind of looking at these teams so always well worth uh, a listen in that regard in terms of the Bundesliga mark there's a really interesting game you've picked out here. Now, Wolfsburg have been appalling uh, in the last few weeks, a few months, actually. They're against rock bottom Greta Fords. But Wolfsburg have made an interesting signing. They've brought back Max Kruser uh, for a shed load of cash, by the way. Uh, I like that he made out in his statement that it was to do with, in inverted commas, unfinished business, because he'd been with Wolfsburg before. I would suggest that more than doubling his wages is probably the driving force. But, with a guy with his ingenuity and his ability to make goals and score goals, they do look a bit of a different team with him in it. Uh, potentially, we'll have to wait and see. But um, you know, I, I covered Wolfsburg before the before the break, opposing them at Leipzig. I thought they played all right in that match, but still lost. And that was their sixth game in the Bundesliga in seven without a goal. And it extended their winless streak to nine. So they absolutely need some sort of inspiration from somewhere. Cruiser is a really sort of canny signing. Yes, they've shedded out a lot of money for him, but still he will boost and better them from what they've got. But um, yeah, during those nine games without a win in the Bundesliga, they've only accumulated a, an XG of around 13 and scored just five goals. So they have been underperforming. Uh, in both sort of uh, metrics, if you like, but um, not particularly appealing figures. And if you go back to mid-September, they've won just twice, drawing three and losing 11 in the league. So regardless of, of form and regardless of opposition and regardless of who's signed right now, I still think there's a lot for them to find to be anywhere near to the team that they've expected expected to be so far this season, considering where they finished last year. So, yeah, I looked at the weekend and I'd be interested in your thoughts in my angle of approach here, but just surprised that they're trading around 1.6 to win this match against Furt, which is almost a six-pointer considering how far Wolfsburg have fallen. And just would not... I'd be surprised if anyone is backing Wolfsburg to overcome a minus one Asian handicap hurdle in this match. Um, yes, we've got Kruiser in. They've got Jonas Winden as well, the Danish forward as well. He's got a lot of untapped potential too. But ultimately, they've scored 17 goals in the Bundesliga this season, which is the joint worst in the league. And they're actually missing 12 goals of that 17-goal tally because Lucas Nemec is still injured and obviously yeah. Weghorst has left as well. So uh, it's a pretty pitiful effort anyway in the final third. But... Um, yeah, so they absolutely need Max Kruse to come in and hit the ground running immediately because they're absolutely lacking in those areas. Schlager and Otavio are still missing too. So I think it requires a big leap of faith to get behind Wolfsburg with that handicap hurdle. So I'm going to flip it around and back Furt to actually you know, get a plus one Asian handicap start at 1.9. I think it's a really interesting angle to have because there's a weird sense um, going around Furt that they might actually put off something quite miraculous really. Still a long, long way off survival, but belief is flooding back into the squad. They've just lost once in the last six. That was away at Dortmund, which is fair enough. They've actually kept three clean sheets in that sample. So I think, you know, backing them with a plus one start, we only lose our stake if Wolfsburg win this match by two goals or more. 
They've only won by two goals or more twice all season. And they've actually only scored multiple goals on four occasions in the Bundesliga this season. So this feels like a really do-or-die game for Florian Kofeld. And um, yeah, there's no way I'll be backing them at 1.6-ish. So more than happy to have Furt on side with a decent handicap start. Yeah, my only temptation would be that maybe the signings would give Wolfsburg a bit of a lift. And you might be looking at maybe a Wolfsburg to win an under three and a half, maybe. But I take the point that 1.63 is not very attractive when you give when you look at how Wolfsburg have played under Kofeld, under Mark van Bommel before that. Uh, let's go to Serie A. Jake, you've taken a look at Bologna against Empoli. Yeah, the same old trick, I think, in Serie A. Both teams to score an over two and a half. It's around 1.8 on the sportsbook with the bet builder. Um, mainly due to Empoli. Uh, they've been goal crazy this season. Um, chances for and against based on the expected goal metrics, 1.37 for 1.93 against. So they're shipping a load of chances, but they're looking a threat in attack. Both teams to score has landed in 74% of their Serie A matches, over two and a half in 70%. Um, and Bologna, while they haven't been as goal heavy uh, as Empoli, they have still seen 50% of the games both teams to score and 59% over two and a half goals, while also looking a little bit vulnerable defensively themselves. They've only failed to score in two of the last nine Serie A matches as well, which came against Juventus and Napoli. Um, so I'm expecting this to be quite a, an entertaining game. This bet has landed in 15 of 23 uh, Empoli, Empoli Serie A matches this season. Uh, so around 65%, so, which is not a surprise at all, given the attacking nature with which they play um, and the XG process in which they churn out. And Mark, are we expecting goals in Sampdoria Sassuolo? I'm guessing we are. Oh, we absolutely are, yeah. I mean, I think we all know the drill now in Sassuolo games. So it just equals goals. Uh, the last 17 in the league, 15 went over two and a half goals. 16 featured both teams scoring. Uh, the two bets actually copped in the same match in 14 of those 17 as well. So... Getting 5-6, 1.83 on a repeat in Sampdoria Sassuolo on Sunday. Yeah, that really appeals to me. Uh, Sass have only kept two clean sheets in 23. They've scored in 20 of those 23. But more for me, they've just been electric away from home so far this season. They've scored in all 11 away games. They've actually scored twice or more in eight of those away games. And those 11 away games have averaged 3.91 goals per game. Both teams have scored in all 11 and over two and a half goals have clicked in 10 of those as well. So, um, yeah, really good. Um, obviously, leading lights are all fit and available, which is quite important. Uh, expect them to score possibly multiple goals against the Sampdoria team who are now back under Marco Giampaolo's charge. Uh, they've made some signings in January to try and arrest a, a worrying slide towards relegation. They're just three points above the drop. They've only kept three clean sheets so far this season uh, and unfortunately for them, Giampaolo isn't the kind of coach to sort of glean some extra defensive stability. They will be better going forward with him, but uh, possibly just as bad defensively. So across their 12 games at the Morassi, 10 have seen both teams scoring, 10 have seen over two and a half goals. The same two have clicked in nine of those 12 games. And even if you go back to the beginning of last season, Sampdoria matches at the Morassi equals goals. I think we've got a 70% plus hit rate for both overs and BTTS in those matches. So Sassuolo seemed like the sort of perfect opposition to combine into a nice goals-based bet. And do you feel that an unfair moment has cost you a winning bet? Then let Dimitar Varbatov know. He's called Dimitar Berbatov, but we've used VAR to call him Varbatov. It's genius. Let Dimitar Varbatov know and you could get your bet paid out. Send any examples over the weekend to at Betfair on social media using the hashtag VARBATOV. And the former Spurs and Manchester United striker will make his ruling. Finally, just to add France. On, sorry, Kev, just to add on that as well. Like, 
FA Cup, there's certain grounds that are using VAR this weekend and certain grounds that are not. So if it's a ground where VAR wasn't used and you would have got a decision with VAR, absolutely send it in because he will have a look at it. Um, so there's lots of cases. He pet out midweek on Swindon against Colchester, nine men, and they conceded, conceded an equaliser to nine men in injury time to let a customer down for a four-leg ACA, and <laughs> Farbatov just couldn't get his head around it, so decided to pay out on that. So definitely send them in. Any bad beats this weekend where you've been unlucky, send them in. Uh, just tweet them with the bet account ID, and you know he'll have a look at them and, and see. You listen to the man. Get him in. Get those slips in. Uh, finally to France. And Jake Nice have just dumped Paris Saint-Germain out of the Coupe de France on penalties. And you'd have to think they'd have a very good chance of beating struggling Clermont this weekend. Absolutely, yeah. Um, they're flying at the moment, are Nice. Five straight wins in Ligue 1. Um, second in the table. Just looking very, very good. It looks as though it's all come together uh, after a little bit of a dodgy patch mid-season. Um, their XG process at home has been excellent, averaging just short of two expected goals for per game. Um, they're playing against the Clermont side, who have actually, after a fast start, I think if you remember, we did speak about them a little bit at the start of the season, really, really impressive uh, on both results and the data metrics. They've won the XG battle in just, uh, sorry, they've lost the XG battle in 12 of the last 16 league matches. Um, so things have gone um, a little bit off the rails for them. They are just above the relegation playoff place as well currently. I think there's just two points separating them. Um, and away from home, their XG process is a massive concern. They're conceding nearly 1.7 expected goals against per game. So uh, a Nice win looks highly likely. A little bit short just on its own, around 1-2, to two, maybe 4-7. to seven. Um, So throwing in over 1.5 goal uh, in terms of match goals with a Nice win gives you around a 1.8 shot on the Sportsbook bet builder. Um, and that, to me, looks... Very, very nice indeed. It's landed in all of uh, Nice's last five league wins. Lovely stuff. Well, that's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Lots of other shows on the Betfair network. We've got the Cheltenham Rawcast as they look ahead to the festival. We've got Racing Only Better, the Wade In podcast as well. So three separate racing podcasts there. We've got NFL Only Better ahead of the Super Bowl. Obviously, that's in uh, a couple of weeks' time, not this week. Uh, we've got Cricket Only Better as well from Jake, from Jason from Mark and from me it's goodbye for now